0: Let's pray. God, we thank you again that your presence is with us,
1: that your light shines in the darkness, and you give us an example and a framework for who and how to be. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you this day. Amen. So before we get started, I want to make a confession um, two things. First, I could have gone 18 different ways with this message. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit keeps me focused. Um, and then secondly, uh, I'm pretty sure no one has ever described me as gentle. How many of you relate to that? <laughs> Part of it, Um, for me anyway, is that I was an engineer, uh, so a female in a male-dominated profession. Um, I am small. I look about 10 years younger than what I am, and I generally am taken less seriously than a lot of my counterparts, whether we're talking clergy, engineers, um, because of my stature and potentially gender. I don't know if that was always true. Um, I felt like I had to fight to be heard. And even now I still do sometimes. Um, and I come from a long line of, of feisty women, um, dating back to the early 1900s, as far as I know. Um, and it's probably like way before that, but I've just heard stories of my great-great-grandmothers. And so I don't come by gentleness uh, naturally. Um, And I think also in our greater culture, gentleness is not necessarily a character trait that, that is uh, appreciated, Um, at least not what we see portrayed in the media. Right, like or on TV, uh, people get ratings uh, for there being fights um, or people having disagreements. Why are there seventeen thousand different varieties of Real Housewives? Um, Real Housewives of Orange County, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of of New York. Um, it's ridiculous, um, but there's drama there, and they're. Not generally exhibiting the fruit of the spirit to each other. Um, and so this, this is a hard one, um, I think for a lot of us. So how many of you know someone who might be described as gentle? You. Couple of you. Okay, what are some of their characteristics um, that, that makes you think that they're gentle?
0: So your dad was soft-spoken and didn't anger easily. Um, What was the third one? Oh, he didn't have anything bad to say about people. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so he he took his relationship with God seriously and tried to live that out and so part of that came out as gentleness awesome what about you Katie
0: I saw your hand raised for knowing someone who's gentle mm.
1: so non-judgmental mm-hmm. because when you're non-judgmental that you don't have anger and you don't have aggression
0: or retaliation like you were talking about mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. yes yes Yeah, and that's the thing about gentleness is that with gentleness, we do see other fruit of the spirit as part of it. And the same with the others, too. Like if you're peaceful, you're probably more gentle than not. Um, And I think for me, gentleness is exhibited when we respond with compassion and love and humility, as I have been doing. Uh, in looking up these original words in Greek, uh, this one this week is ace. And that's really slowly said. But it means gentleness, humility, or meekness. And I think humility in the church can also kind of get a bad rap. um, Because a lot of people, my one friend, she... (laughs) uh she has very little tolerance for hypocrisy and uh she loves it when people are like i am so humble which is not actually being humble it's being prideful so she just went through my head on that but um humility is one of my favorite definitions is knowing knowing ourselves exactly as we are no more and no less so it's um, maybe not an objective view of who we are, but it's certainly not swayed by false humility or pridefulness. Uh, it's having an honest view of who we are, our faults and talents. And this kind of gentleness and humility and weakness that Paul is talking about takes a ton of self-reflection, um, of self-awareness and the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes intentionality. And so, one of the reasons that I picked this particular chapter of uh, this particular chapter and verses um, is because it it demonstrates uh, how not to be gentle. Uh, Luke chapter nine, if you look at it, it has a whole bunch of stuff in it. So this is at the end of the chapter. Uh, and it's, you know, Jesus has sent out people ahead of him to to scout for a place to stay in Samaria. Um, Now, if you're not familiar with geography of the Middle East, uh, Galilee is up here, Jerusalem is down here, and where my microphone is in the middle is Samaria. And so for Jews to go from Galilee to Jerusalem, if they wanted the shortest way, they had to cut through Samaria. And there's, there's not a lot of love between the Samaritans and the Israelites. Um, partly, uh, one of the main things that they argue about, because both are actually from the Abrahamic line, but Samaritans and Jews disagree on the, the place of worship. So if you go back and read John chapter four of the story with the, Sam- with the Samaritan woman, What does she ask Jesus about? She asks about the place of worship. Oh, well, you Jews believe this and we believe that it's here. And then Jesus goes on to tell her a story um, about how that's not necessarily it, but they disagreed with each other. And I didn't realize this, but in my commentary that I read, apparently the Jews and the Samaritans would retaliate um, or attack each other's temples. Uh, especially around high holy days such as passover which is what part of the reason this one particular samaritan town did not allow jesus to stay is because it was passover and they wanted to you know kind of put the screws to um to this group of of israelites that were moving through samaria so there's a lot of bad blood so just keep that in mind um also At the beginning of chapter twelve, Jesus sends or chapter nine, Jesus sends the twelve out. He sends his disciples out to uh, to heal and to do miracles. Also in this chapter is the feeding of the five thousand. He heals a boy with a demon. There's the transfiguration. There's Peter declaring that Jesus is the Messiah, and then there's other people casting out demons in Jesus' name. There's a lot happening in this chapter um and when we get to verses 51 through 56 we see in some ways maybe the 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 boldness or maybe the cockiness of james and john when they ask uh when they ask jesus if they should call down fire from heaven onto this group of people i love that it's so old testament right like Jesus, let's smite them. Um, one of my favorite verbs, um, just because it's fun to say. Uh, and it, it is not what we're supposed to do as Christians. Um, but they forgot, as part of being sent out in the first part of chapter nine, the disciples were told very clearly if a town does not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. So the disciples at least James and John forgot that. And it may be too, that based on what they did when they were out healing and doing miracles and casting out demons and all these things, that they may have gotten a bit over uh, and desire to bring down judgment on people who aren't Jewish. And let's be clear about that. They were asking Jesus if they should, you know, basically, smite and destroy a group of people for not welcoming him. And what was Jesus' reaction? No. Yeah, he was like, guys, no, we're not going to do this. It very shortly says, you know, Jesus turned to them and rebuked them. Uh, Rebuke is a pretty strong word. Um, It's basically like strong correction. And and the thing that really strikes me about this is is that I, I think the thing that Jesus wants James and John to know is that the Samaritans' belief, the Samaritans' actions, they don't impact who Jesus is. Like, Jesus does not need to be defended.
0: We can, and Jesus says, we can keep going.
1: We can look for some other place. And I think in, in some ways, James and John's belief of who Jesus is and the power that they had been given caused them to overreach. Like, oh, well, if you don't agree with me, how about we smite you? Sound familiar? <laughs> so the thing about this to me, especially in light of... Um, In light of our election season that just never seems to be over, um, is that one of the things that is really clear to me and became clear to me again this week is that we cannot judge others based on our own beliefs and values if they aren't of the same yoke or of the same ilk. Uh, So, for example, on On Wednesday, uh, there were a couple of my Facebook friends who were celebrating uh, the the election results and they
0: were gloating. Because my first reaction is not gentleness, I would have liked to
1: smite them. (laughs) And I wanna be clear too that in 2016, when people were celebrating and gloating over the election results then I wanted to do the same thing it's not a party thing it's a gloating thing for me um but as I was driving because I spent four hours well two hours in the car on Wednesday and two hours in the car on Thursday because I was down at a board of ordained ministry meeting um, in Carlisle uh, it became very clear to me that the people that I was upset with We're not Christian. And God told me really clearly, because some of my breast praying is in the car, um, that I could not hold them to the same standards that I held myself to. Because they don't believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior.
0: That's not their framework.
1: And so like, as I thought about this passage, I was like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. We're not allowed to, you know, wish down um, fire from heaven just because someone disagrees with us. We're called to be gentle. We're called to humility. Like I said a couple weeks ago, we're all wrong about something. Maybe step forward with that foot first, um, And at least keep. I chose not to respond to any of the Facebook posts that I saw um, because I knew I could not be kind, I could not be gentle, it would not be useful. Um, And so I gave my angst to God. And one of the things that I have uh, prayed off and on, especially over the last five years, is this, it's part of a set of releases and affirmations Where it says, I now release feeling that other people's beliefs and values threaten mine. Let me repeat that. I now release feeling that other people's beliefs and values threaten mine. And for me, one of the reasons that I can often get angry is because I feel like everybody sometimes should have my (laughs) beliefs, should, you know, should agree with me. But it's not true necessarily. We're given free will. Um, and someone else's beliefs and values do not threaten my salvation in Christ. Um, if I have a good relationship with God, then really anybody can do whatever they're going to do. And it does not affect me. And I would say the same for you all. Like if your relationship is straight with God, what anybody else does in your life, whether it's your parents or your cousin or you know a good friend, it don't matter. Now, granted, if they call themselves Christian, that's the other story. You might want to have a conversation, ask some questions. But our beliefs and values impact and inform our own lives, but we cannot expect other people to be cleared for clairvoyant to know how we expect them to act uh, or even hold them to those standards. Now, one of the things that I talk a lot about in spiritual direction with my people is this idea of holding things loosely. Have I done this with you? Have I made you hold out your hands? All right, hold out your hands like this.
0: All right, now clench them and hold them with your palms up. What can you receive when your hands are like this? Nothing. What can you
1: give when your hands are like this? Nothing. Open up your hands. Can you give and receive now? It's a very different posture, right? And so I call this holding things loosely. And usually when I say that, I will go like this. Um, Because again, we might be wrong. And what God is telling me in one situation may not be the same advice or direction that God is giving you. It's a mystery. I don't get it we're not all gonna agree. It's why the Christian family is broad and long and wide and really diverse. Um, And the thing that I wrote down on my notes here is maybe my faith isn't supposed to be universally applied in all situations for all people. Again, it comes down to humility. And like I said before, how I practice my faith doesn't impact your salvation and vice versa. We are called to grow in relationship with God. We're called to to demonstrate gentleness and all of the other fruit of the spirit that we've talked about so far. Next week is self-control. We're called to do these things. And yet when it comes to looking at the outside world, we are called to interact with the spirit of gentleness because they, um, people who are not Christian, don't have the same set of values, uh, broadly, uh, this is a very broad generalization, um, but, you know, we often can't hold them to the same values and standards as much as we would like to, and so we go about, about our lives, we go looking for those next people who might want to receive Jesus with a spirit of gentleness, um, in many ways, doing doing what Jesus did, of being a healing presence, of, of sitting and listening with people who might be marginalized, uh, who might be put out, you know, onto the outskirts or the margins or are ostracized. It's about helping people with grace and love and compassion and and being the people that we are called to be and whatever that looks like.
0: Um, Gentleness is a
1: beautiful thing. Um, As you were talking about your dad, the thought that came into my mind is you can be soft-spoken and carry a big stick. (laughs) And so that big stick, can be our reminder of what we believe and keep us honest, but we're not supposed, we can use it as, you know, as, a, as a walking stick. We're not maybe supposed to use it to beat other people with it. Ah. And so we can be soft-spoken, we can be uh, kind and compassionate and have that flow through us In and yet be really strong and firm in what we believe for ourselves but go into conversation and discussion and even disagreement with the understanding that not everybody's gonna see things the way that we do, regardless of whether they're Christian or not. And so I want to, before we go to the prayer, I want you to think about this question uh, and maybe think about it for the rest of the week. What one, (coughs) excuse me, what one thing, In my life, can I change so I can demonstrate more gentleness? It's a question really to be talked about with God. So God, what one thing in my life do you want me to change? And how are you going to send the Holy Spirit to help me? It's a beautiful question. And we will look different if we embody gentleness. People will wonder about us which then leads to the opening of being able to share what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray the prayer on the back of the bulletin. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray this this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and
0: self-control. Amen.